Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high-achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How's it going? How's your December? As I record this, it's the day after Thanksgiving. So while everyone is out shopping in that madness, I am <laughs> I'm hiding in a closet talking to you guys. And believe me, this is much more where I would rather be. <laughs> I want to remind you that I'm doing a special webinar in January. So there are the regular monthly webinars that I will continue to do on the third Thursday of each month at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern. And you can see those on my card site. But I'm also doing the three things you haven't thought about for your next job search. And this is a really special webinar. It's going to be on January 11th. We're going to talk about getting clarity around what you're actually looking for in an employer. You know, what is most important to you? What are your non-negotiables? We're also going to gain awareness about your specific values and skill set so you can make sure that you're presenting those to a prospective employer and you're kind of speaking that same language. And then finally, we're going to do some deep dive around your professional purpose. So what contributions where you sort of put on this earth uniquely to make. It's going to be a hands-on workshop, no passive lurkers allowed, and you're going to be asked to think about what you really want in your next job. There's going to be some solo work, there's going to be some small group work, and then large group sharing together. I want this to be a really good-sized group in there, but what I guarantee from this webinar is that you will know yourself so much better at the end of the hour. You'll know what you want, you'll know why you want it, and you'll have focus and direction. So check out the show notes to find the URL. It's HTTPS, the things, <laughs> and then the number three, thingswebinar.carrd.co. So three things webinar, don't spell out three, it's the number three, three thingswebinar.carrd.co. So today we're going to be talking about your resume and how to find the balance between flash and substance. And the reason that I'm presenting this today is I've been seeing some really disturbing trends in resume writers on various social media sites that I belong to, where these people are featuring their work. And in some cases, they have a little bit of an excuse because they're actually out of Europe or Asia somewhere, and they really don't know what is happening in the U.S. So I kind of give them a little bit of a pass, although not a lot, <laughs> but especially when I see people who are North American based who are doing some of these things, it's very concerning to me. So I want to go over these things with you. And I want to, I want to preface this by saying these are my perspectives and the things that I'm really disturbed by. However, I am one of 23 or so master resume writers on the planet. And so I think my opinion, my perspective carries a fair amount of weight. 
So we've got these groups that are featuring resumes that are very much flash over substance. And I want to break down what those specific things are that I'm seeing. At first glance, these resumes look good. The visual impact is good. But then when you look at what is on that resume, there's no depth. There's no metrics. There's no selling features on there. And so here are specific concerns. I have five of them about these resumes. Number one is, I this just drives me nuts. It makes me crazy. Graphs where people, the candidate has ranked his or her communication skills, emotional intelligence, whatever it is, certain technology abilities. The reason this drives me nuts is there's no frame of reference for these ratings. So we don't know, did you take a survey and this is what came out? And if so, is this survey legit? Should we even pay attention to it? Because of course, whenever it's based on how you evaluate yourself, that's not a very good metric. You know, did someone say those things about you? Did you just decide you were great in those areas? There's nothing. And it's so irrelevant to me what you think about your communication skills or what you think about your emotional intelligence. And the second thing that makes me crazy about them is that it's almost always divorced from the rest of the resume. So there's no tie-in. If you've said you have superior communication skills, where are you showing evidence of that? And how are you spoon-feeding the reader the connection between I'm a great communicator and here are examples of when I display great communication skills? It would be very difficult to make that connection on paper from a graph and, you know, writing elsewhere in the resume. And and so I think that the use of that space to put those arbitrary graphs in there is just completely irrelevant. So that's my number one. It's, it makes me crazy. Number two is I'm seeing very little, if any, content under each job. So there's all this design work that's going on, and we're saying we've got great communication skills and blah, blah, whatever else. And there's symbols that don't need to be on there. I'll be talking about that in a minute. But what we don't have is the important stuff. So we have jobs listed with either nothing under them at all, just a, I call it a data sheet. Here's where I work, job title dates. Or there's maybe one sentence or one bullet, and it's usually to do with job duties as opposed to achievements. So this is not, make no mistake about it, this is not a modern resume and this is not a marketing document. It is what I call a data sheet. It's just fact-based. This is where I work. This is the job title I had, but you have no idea really how well I performed the job. So this is going to hurt you in two ways. Number one, we have very few key words in that professional experience section that can help you score well with the ATS. That is a great section to have lots of content-specific keywords. And secondly, if that keyword shy resume actually made it through to where a human would see it, there's really very little there that would compel a human to want to reach out to you because, again, there's just no details. So that's number two, little if any content under each job you've held. Number three, adding things that still aren't considered acceptable on resumes. This has not gone away. If you're in North America, there is no reason for you to have a picture, personal details, family, any of that on your resume. Now, if you're applying to be a model or an actor, yes, that's standard. You have a picture on your resume, but I'm not talking about those outliers. I'm talking about folks who want a marketing job and feel the need to put their picture on their own resume. The other thing about this are irrelevant 
hobbies, activities, involvement. So nobody cares that you like to snow ski unless you're applying for a job as a ski instructor or something like that. And in which case, I think that the love of skiing should be fairly obvious that you don't really need to list it separately. And when I see these kinds of things on the resume, I see your marital status or your picture or your hobbies, I think, A, either you're trying to be different and you're just not doing it the right way. You're, you're sticking out instead of standing out. Or B, you are clueless about how to present yourself as a viable candidate. You don't know what the resume rules are. You don't know how to play the game. And either way, I'm going to be left very cold by your resume. So, so that's number three is personal information, irrelevant information, pictures, those kinds of things on your resume. And I'm seeing a disturbing increase of pictures on resumes. Now, you can argue back at me that they can see what you look like from your LinkedIn profile and probably lots of other places, and that is absolutely true. However, it is still not acceptable resume format. So you are taking a huge risk by breaking a rule in terms of how will that be perceived by the recruiter or the employer. Number four, another pet peeve of mine. I alluded to this a moment ago, symbols on your resume. I don't need a little picture of a phone or a picture of an email to know what I'm looking at. If you have a series of 10 numbers with three numbers and a period or a dash and three more numbers and a period or a dash and then four numbers, I can figure out that that's a phone number. If you've got something that says and at gmail.com, I can figure out that's your email address. It's just taking up space. I just think it kind of insults the reader's intelligence to have those symbols on there. So that's another one of my pet peeves are symbols next to your phone number, your email, etc. The fifth thing, a layout that is confusing. I have seen far too many of these new wave resumes that have multiple columns and specific information I'm looking for as an initial pass is not easy to find. There are graphics that are taking up valuable real estate. And, and to be clear, I use color in my resumes. I use shading. I may put a, a chart or a graph in there, but it's not a waste of space. It's not a picture of something that somebody might occasionally get the connection between, you know, the graphic I've put on there and the kind of job that I want. But most of the people will be like, what is this about? We also have things like margins that are too small. So, you know, if you've ever tried to print a document and it says it's, it's outside the acceptable lines, do you want to continue? I get a lot of resumes like that. And I suspect that a lot of these that I'm seeing on social media are like that. Conversely, I've seen resumes with gigantic margins. And that, for me, makes me suspicious that that candidate won't use resources well, right? I'm drawing a parallel between the fact that they haven't used the space on their resume well at all to how they might use resources and, and, and other things at my business. You also want to make sure that you're creating a document that can be used for submission on an ATS. So if you've got all these columns, ATS can't read that. If you've got all these graphics or funky things, boxes, it can't read any of that. So you're either going to have to create a second version of your resume that is deformatted, or it's going to take you five or six times as long to apply for every single job because of the resume troubles that you've created for yourself. So that's number five, a layout that is confusing. So I hope this has given you food for thought about what to look for when you look at resume writers, or if you are looking for templates of a resume to use on your own 
think about not only what is the visual impact, that initial visual impact, but is the substance of the resume going to support that visual impact? Or is there going to be a letdown once they realize that there's really nothing there? There's nothing below the surface. It's all just flash. So finding that balance, which is something that I really strive for with my clients. And the goal that I do with my clients, my my resume writing clients is I want a professional, handsome resume. And that is genderless. I want it to be a very handsome resume. It's not going to be too girly. It's not going to be cutesy. It's not going to be clever. It's going to be very professional. The visual impact is going to be exceptionally strong. And then once they read, it's even better. And that's what I want for you guys. So I hope these suggestions help you to evaluate potential resume writers or to evaluate a template that you might be considering using. And you're always welcome to reach out to me with a question if you'd like to get further clarification on your resume. And of course, if you're ready to take this to the next level, as always, you can schedule a consult with me and I'll let you know what working with me would look like. So again, remember about the special webinar on January 11th and I'll see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.